0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of a Brothers Creed podcast, we we talk about motivation, experiences, and
1: exploring what the world has to offer. We're the Thomas Brothers. I'm Ethan. And I'm Jared. And today we have a very good episode for you. For all those lovebirds out there, we're going to be talking about the five love languages, uh, which is actually from a book uh, by Gary Chapman. But we're going to talk about how important this is to understand the love languages of your spouse, or of your girlfriend or boyfriend, if you're dating, uh, because people speak different languages when it, when it comes to how they receive love. So it's, it's incredibly important, and we're going to talk about it. So stay tuned. All right, let's do it.
0: You can't climb the ladder of success with your hands in the pocket.
1: We will not go quietly into the night.
0: They tell me you're a manly. True grit.
1: I am the one who knocks. Don't ever tell me what I can't do, ever! That's how winning is done.
0: All right, so five love languages. Uh, th- this is definitely an interesting one. Um, we had a couple people actually request this one, so uh, that's, that's awesome. We get a little participation from the audience, which is always good.
1: Um, yeah, we went live on Instagram, so if you don't follow us on Instagram, you should. And uh, then you get your brothers and sisters to do it as well, <laughs> and all your friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And your
0: kids, your wife, <laughs> everybody. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly.
1: Well, because we post a lot of the good stuff, and like we post quotes and stuff to Instagram. We post um, uh, clips from the episode, all, all kinds of stuff, so it's really good.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, so get, getting into this, first what we wanted to kind of talk about was a little bit about the maybe the organization of the family, um, some some difficulties that we see in, uh, marriages today in the United States. Um, and then get into these, these five love languages, talk about each one of them and then how we can, uh, identify them and develop them or, you know, act, act upon those. So to start off, wanted to just talk about, uh, marriage and divorce in the United States. Um, there there's there's lots of statis- statistics out there about uh marriage and divorce and um everything excuse me, bless you um everything in between and it's kind of interesting because uh, you know it doesn't all line up exactly, which you know it never will you had different sources, different analysts doing different what things.
1: is it Mark Crane said is like there's lies, damn lies. And then there's statistics.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously. So um, just some of the statistics that I found is um, in the United States, there are th- the rate of marriage, so this is how many people are getting married per 1,000, is
1: uh, 6.8. 6.8 people per 1,000 people are getting
0: 6. married? 6.8 per 1,000 people. Are married.
1: I think I, I read it. Maybe you redid this, but I heard that fifty percent of this country is single. But I, I don't know. Maybe that's what I heard on the, uh, recently. Is that fifty percent of all the people in America are single uh, I, I of would, all of, I of all, all different ages?
0: Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't doubt it. Uh, it. It's interesting too because when I was looking through the data and I looked at the uh, on the, the census website, also that the CDC had uh, a bunch of this information on there as well, um, but the The age at which they started conducting the analysis was at age 15, which I don't know why they would start asking. They would start... For marriage data? Yeah, for marriage data. So I just thought that was a little interesting. Um, so uh, uh, people get married at a rate of 6.8 you know, per 1,000. Um, and then to go along with that, uh, divorce rate is... Three point two per one thousand. So you know, let's say, I don't know, in in six point two people out of the thousand get married, then three point or six point eight out of the thousand get married. Three point two of those are going to get divorced. Um, now that's not to say that the exact same people that got married are going to get divorced in that time period, but. Um, it's a little bit less than than fifty percent. Um, but that's always kind of the statistic that I heard was that it's around fifty percent.
1: Well, I think that that changes. That is just a, a general, broad brushstroke across the country. I think it's. I, I in fact I know that it's different for like religious communities, and yeah. then it's. I know that it's different for you know people who are educated more edu- like people who are more educated and like and there different things like that there's there's different way different things that um, make it more likely that someone sticks together.
0: Yeah, 100%. And and uh, one of the things too is that uh people that tend to get married a little bit later in life um, th- th- there was stats saying that they tend to stay together longer as well.
1: Um, well, they don't have as many years, right? Yeah, I guess that's true. Um <laughs>
0: so uh some a couple other information that I thought was interesting is that um, over the past 10 years these trends have actually been going down so uh fewer people are getting married and fewer people are getting divorced actually the article i read was like fewer people in the united states are getting divorced over the past 10 years it's like it's a downward trend and then i read the epi- I, re- I read the article and it's like well yeah because less people are getting married and yeah. it was like and they went into that and so you know fewer people are getting married but fewer people getting divorced, but it's actually not a proportional, uh, downward trend. It kind of, um, fewer people get married, but still more people are getting divorced, which is interesting. Um, so one of the reasons why they, they said this is because they say that, um, and this is from 2010 to 2020. So they said that millennials who really are kind of in that age range of their twenties to thirties at you know, in 2010 to 2020. Um, And they said that millennials are waiting longer to get married and they tend to stay married longer. Um, So that potentially can kind of define or describe what that the the potential decline is. Yeah, I I mean,
1: you think about it, a lot of people do wait a a long time to get married. I I mean, I have buddies that, you know, are just now getting married. And it's like, dude, you're marrying... Uh, you're marrying your wife who's like 30 years old and like if you plan on having more than one kid like that's basically a geriatric pregnancy if you're 30 if you're in your mid-30s and you're having kids that's what you would consider a geriatric pregnancy i mean or meaning that's an at-risk pregnancy because women are not supposed like their bodies aren't built to be having kids like in their 30s and 40s and so i think that that's going to just that alone, the fact that people are getting married so late, it's going to decrease the number of kids they can have, and that's going to really contract the, the, you know, the population flow of the United States. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously,
0: don't just get married just to get married. Obviously, uh, but yeah. There, I think there's a sweet balance between, uh, you know, timing in in life, and you know, finding that the the person that you want to spend the rest of your life with, um. And that, that's, that was kind of the whole purpose of this—is obviously there's an epidemic of, um, of people I don't know. Let's say not getting along, or getting divorced, or or not staying together, or even just avoiding the whole marriage situation altogether. Um, I think that's I think it's a mistake. Obviously, there's certain cer- yeah. s- there are certain situations and circumstances that, hey, uh, you know, I don't know everyone's personal situation, um, and you know that that's up for each person to decide. But what we want to talk about today is. How can we do the best that we can with what we're given to uh, better ourselves?
1: Yeah, I think that that's true. Like what you said, it's so important to you. Know, whenever I think about the divorce, I I just think about all the all the kids. All, all the kids they get left out, and they're spending weekends split between parents' homes. Uh, they've got people who they don't know. They're their they don't know their one of the other parents very well uh that it's just a broken home and that just i've known several people who have lived in that kind of a situation and it's just a really bad situation and i know that people try to say like oh we're gonna make it work you know we're still best friends but we're just you know co-parenting i mean obviously you do what you do what you have to do but that is not in my opinion that is not ideal that is not the ideal situation you want to have a mother and a, fa- a mother and a loving father both together uh, loving their children and each other, most importantly each other and that's what we're going to talk about today uh, because if you don't show that love and affection for your wife or for your husband, do you think your, your kids are going to notice that and, and then they're going to mirror that when they get older. Um, you know obviously they they'll learn some things on their own, but they are going to look at your example as a father or a mother. And they're going to see how you take care of a wife. In my case, my wife. They'll see how you take care of, uh, if you have a daughter, they'll see how their mom takes care of their dad. Or doesn't. Or how he speaks to, you know, how I speak to my wife. How I, you know, I always call my wife sweets. So I'm like, oh, dinner's great, sweets. And then, like, (laughs) my two-year-old tonight, he's like super, he's just like, he he started saying super on everything. He's like, super yummy sweets. (laughs) <laughs> so he said, no, that's what you said. That's cute. Can. And so, like the, these things that you that you say, your kids will repeat that, and um, you just have to you know, treat your spouse w- with respect, and and you have to show that love because there's lots of reasons for a divorce. You know, like you know, I think f- financial hardship is one of the, the main reasons for divorce, uh, and you know, that's why it's in, there's such an importance on, on doing a budget and whatnot. We'll, to, we'll do an episode on just doing budgets. But uh, this one here is showing love. Everybody who, um, you know, when you first fall in love, you're just in this enamored state. And uh, basically, every in love couple that I've ever known that's like in their honeymoon, that's like right, you know, before they get engaged and stuff, all reason and logic basically goes out the window. And And honestly, most, including myself, they're just so annoying. Like, they just they just think that they it's just, they're, they're just in their own little world of like love and like they are, the, they just focus on each other so much. And it's just like, it's a special time for them, but uh, you know, having to deal with that. And I've had several, um, you know, uh, in laws, like my, my, my wife's the oldest of all of her kids. And so we've seen each and every single one of her siblings go through this exact thing. And then, uh, you know, so it's kind of funny, but, uh, and I've I have, my friends went through it, and I saw you go through it, and I yeah. went through it, and, and it's just kind of like oh, it's just this little bit of a time, uh, and then once you get into your marriage, it, that kind of di- it dies, it, it dies down a little bit. And I know that, like people would like want to say, oh, I'm just so romantic all the time, forever. Yeah, okay, well, come back to me in seven years and tell me like that you're being so romantic on a daily basis. But that's what these love languages are about, because that that initial, you know, um, just that love and like infatuation that dies away. So uh, this book that we want to talk about, uh, it's by Gary Chapman. It's called uh, The Five Love Languages. It's a New York Times bestseller. It sold over 12 million copies. So some, mm. he's doing something right. So basically Chapman, uh, he was a marriage counselor. And after you know many years of doing counseling, he, he came to the conclusion that there are five emotional love languages. So five ways that people speak and understand emotional love. Now, your spouse's primary love language uh you have to di- it, discovering your spouse's primary love languages he says is uh, the key to long-lasting and loving marriage so uh, there it is right there that sounds good the golden ticket <laughs> yeah exactly uh so uh there's uh, the different love languages we're going to talk about each of them uh I'm going to talk first about physical touch so this is one of the um this is an interesting one because a lot of guys will make the mistake of saying, "Oh, well, I have a, a, a very high sexual desire, uh, and I just you know want to do that with my wife, and so I'm obviously, and I want her to reciprocate that to me, so I'm obviously physical touch." And that's actually not entirely. That's not true. That's not the way to look at it. Uh, you can kind of have to take that a little bit out of it. So, in, in this case, um, and actually, the, the quote here I had here was. Uh, uh, it's not all about the bedroom. It's a common mistake. Many men make is assuming that physical touch is their primary love language because they desire sexual intercourse so intensely. Well, I mean, I think most guys do that, but that might not be your actual love language. So what does love language? This physical touch love language look like? Uh, these are people who like to be, who feel love from maybe a pat on the back or holding hands or, uh, thoughtful touches or hugs. Um, uh, they can, uh, you know, these ways are that, that that they feel, you can express love, excitement, concern, care uh, through physical touch. So these people uh, feel that. And so, like, you know, there's a test that we, we'll talk about at the end that you can do um, that kind of tests these different things. And so, like, for an example, one of the questions would be, you know, if your wife, uh, h- how what would be more meaningful to you? If your wife came up and gave you a hug because you were having a hard time, or she did some service for you because you uh, did something that you needed to get done that would help you out uh, where, how would you feel more love? And so just depending on how you lean, you're like, well, you know, I personally am kind of in between. Well, I'll, I'll explain my results at the end, but um, anyway, these folks love um, that physical intimacy. Sometimes it is uh, non-intimate touches, and it, but it also can be intimate touch. Uh, so, don't, uh, as we're going through this, don't think to yourself, oh, well, you know, I, I have to be physical touch because I love having sex with my wife. That's fine, but that doesn't mean necessarily you are only physical touch. Uh, so and, and again, you can be multiples of these, you can have a different percentage of each of these. So, one of the things I want to talk about on each of these is what can be hurtful to someone that has this love language. So, in this case, it's uh, someone neglecting someone or abuse can be very destructive to someone that has a love language of physical touch.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I, and I really liked a, a lot of what you said is that, um, you know, don't and I was going to talk about this a little bit later, but don't um, kind of pigeonhole yourself into one specific love language. You know, we're going to go over five of them and it is 100% common for people to be different degrees of every single one of these. Um, you know, maybe one of them is not what uh, specifically makes me feel most loved, but I still, you know, appreciate it and, and whatever else it it might be. So, um, that was great on, on, um, Physical, F- physical touch so the next one after after uh, these, these might they're in different orders but uh, one of the ones that I did was uh, words of affirmation so words of affirmation are saying supportive things to your partner I guess in in, in a simplest state um, an example of this I, I work well with examples let's say your partner uh, congratulates you and tells you good job on on something or you look attractive or um Thanks you specifically for doing something or saying something. Um, You know, for me, uh, just saying um, uh, "I love you," right? To uh, or 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 whenever my wife says "I love you," that to me um, is important to me, and it specifically, you know, it's something that makes me feel most loved and happy. Um, And in in my case, uh, I know we said we're going to go about. Talk about it a little bit later, but uh, words of affirmation is one of my uh, primary love languages. Really? Um, quick story to go along with that: When Caitlin and I got married, um, right after that, uh, the 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 engagement stage uh, for for a portion of which I actually lived in Jared's house, so he got to enjoy <laughs> that. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Caitlin actually um, two things. So uh, she gave me a gift. Um, Gift-giving is not my, my biggest uh, love language, but I, I enjoy getting gifts. Um, but she gave me a gift of this um, this big cup, basically, because I, I drink tons of water. And, you know, a lot of times in, in the house you have, like, these little plastic cups or little glass cups that are tiny. Um, she got me this big, like, mug, glass jar cup. And uh, inside of it, she took a bunch of little slips of paper and she wrote um, like a bunch of different things. It was like at least 50 things that she that she loved about me or that she appreciated about me or things that I did that she liked. And it was just like all of these phrases and and things. And uh, I mean, that was nine years ago. And I I still well, I still have the mug down in the cupboard and I use it almost every day, Um, but I still have each of those slips of paper um, saved away. And it's just, that was something really cool that, that she did for me that was like, Hey, you know, those words of affirmation, they really, they just, they they motivate me, they help me and they, they make me feel loved and wanted. And, um, it's something that, you know, I think back that that was, that was awesome then, but still, you know, nine years later, there, there's still opportunity for, you know, for me to, to focus on her love language and for her to continue to give me those words of affirmation.
1: Yeah, uh, that's that's excellent. And you know what I was actually just thinking about when you were when you were talking about this, is that this is this is not just for husband and wife. This is for everybody. Yeah, I mean, me knowing your love language that you're like words of affirmation, that's like okay. Well, if I want to t- express to Ethan that I'm appreciative of what he did or, or, or what he's doing, I'll tell you and I'll say, Hey man, you did a great job on this. and a great job on this. a great job on that. Uh, you know, and I want to express to you my love and that like what, like, or just appreciation. I mean, you could, this could be the workplace too. You know, if you're yeah. like, Hey, you know, my employee did a great job and they really, really like it when I leave a note for them or they really, really like it if I, you know, give them public praise or they really, really like it if I, you know, just give them, well, it depends on where where place, but if I give them a a real big hug and just say, hey, thank you so much, you know. This is, and with your kids too, man. Like, uh, this is just, I just just started thinking about like, wow, this is for, not just for your spouse, this is for everyone. Like, your kids uh, respond to that too. So, uh, whatever... Whatever they are doing, you can show them that love in that way.
0: Yeah, um, I completely agree. And you know, it's called a love language, but I mean, I guess you could also consider like I mean, you call it a a like language or a friendship language or whatever else. I mean, us as business partners, yeah. I mean, you, you want if you want to make someone else or you want to build a relationship with someone, then identify what makes them most happy and feels. Feel feels most comfortable to them
1: and what fills their love tank, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. one, one of the things I want to mention there also on that one what if for those who have affirmation as their love language, what hurts them is insults. Insults can have can leave uh, you know the, ins- the person who's in doing the insulting in trouble, uh, and those are not easily forgotten, yeah, so. Uh, that's good. That is something to be cognizant of. So let's talk about the next one here. Uh quality time. So the quality time is about giving another person your attention. So spending time with your mate is a common pursuit. Uh in, a, in, a com- in common pursuit, meaning you're doing something together. Uh you're communicating uh, and you're not really and you're not being distracted. That's that is really one of the main things. Um uh one of the things here i had was one of the most common dialects is that quality is a is that of quality conversation so a dialect of language you know uh by quality conversation chapman means sympathetic dialogue where two individuals are sharing their experiences thoughts feelings and desires in a friendly and uninterrupted context you know how hard it is to have that kind of a conversation with four kids running around the house it can be pretty difficult so you gotta make special time to do that. He said that essential ingredients for quality activity are one, at least one of you wants to do it. <laughs> so, uh, you know, at least you well. Know, hopefully you're not doing stuff that neither one of you likes to do. Two, the other is willing to do it. So don't be like, oh, I hate watching these movies, or oh, I hate talking to you about this topic, you know. That's not gonna that's not gonna jive well. And then the last one is both of you know why you're doing it. And it is to express love. And I think that sometimes I'm doing something with my wife and I feel like, oh, this is quality time. I'm, I'm giving her my, I'm giving, because my wife's love language is mainly quality time. And I'm like, oh, I'm giving her quality time right now. But, and, and maybe both, all, all of the first two of those are ticked, but she doesn't know that that's what we're doing. And then so later she'll be like, well, I just feel like my love tank is low. I was like, well, I just spent time with you. And then she's like, well, we didn't define that. That was this, you know, so you, gotta make, you got to make, it said that, uh, make sure that both of you know that that is how you're expressing your love because I think it's important. And it's not like it knocked my wife. It's just that like, maybe she thought that I was just like hanging out, but I was maybe trying to be intentional. You just got to be a, commu- a good communicator.
0: I, th- I think that's a lot of what it is. I think it's, it's communication. You know, it, you, you don't know what you don't know and you can't, uh, my wife and I were watching a, a show the other day. Um, Actually, it was it was a show called Married at First Sight.
1: My wife's told me about that show.
0: It uh, it's interesting. My my wife watched it, and I, I watched a couple episodes, and it's like it's just really interesting. Yeah. Um, so now I get upset when she watches it without me. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, an example of of this, you know, the communication is um, the the wife uh, and Married at First Sight basically is two strangers that they they're paired together by a a, a pastor and a psychologist like a matchma- yeah, matchmaker type thing and they basically they meet at the they meet for the very first time at the altar they get married and then they're married and they have like 8 weeks to live together do everything together be married to decide if they want to stay together or get a divorce it's really a terrible thing but <clears throat> that, that, maybe not terrible it would be really weird Um, but one of the, these people that they'd been married for about six days, they'd only known each other for six days and the wife said something to the husband and it really rubbed him the wrong way. She was just a kind of a playful person and she said something playfully, but he's more serious and he took it seriously. Um, and he felt like she was belittling her. Now we saw that from the, from the background because we're watching the show and he, he told the cameras that off camera, but how he reacted to it is he just completely shut down and she's like what did I do I mean it was it was like two minutes and it was he was didn't want to talk to her didn't want to do anything and she was like what did I do what did I say and she and it basically he was like you know if, if you don't know then then you know that's your problem it's like
1: <laughs> that doesn't help anything
0: no it's like well tell her what you you know what you're feeling or, or tell her that I uh, I didn't appreciate that specific comment and then, I mean, eventually they got there, but it was like after this big blowout where he like left and all this other sort kind of stuff. And it's just, man, that communication, if people were just honest and truthful with each other, it would solve all the world's problems. And
1: don't expect your spouse to be a mind reader, you know? Yeah. if uh, I think a lot of times this happens with I think, uh, men to women, but also I think women to men, And sh- like men, women are like, oh my gosh, all these dishes are in the sink. And, you know, he's not even, he's, Purposely not even doing that. And then the guy's sitting on the couch like, man, that was a great burrito for dinner. I, I'm so thankful that she made that, you know, she made a great dinner. And, and it's like, it, it just didn't even cross his mind. And I think that a lot of times, like, my wife has been like, okay, I'm not a mind reader. Like, and I've like, I'm like, if you want something, ask me. But if you don't ask me, like, and I, and I, you don't communicate to me, how am I supposed to know? So I, I think the communication is key. And that's, I think, an overlay to all this stuff.
0: Yeah. One thing that uh, I always tease my wife about, um, I know exactly what she means, but I always uh, tease tease her about it. Whenever she she wants me to do something, she asks me, "Do you want to do this?" She'll be like, "You know, hey, Ethan, do you want to clean the dishes?" And I'm like, "Do I want to clean the dishes?" I mean, the answer to that is is no, but are you asking me? Are you asking me? Can I clean the dishes? And and or, you know, do you want to go take the trash out? It's like, I mean, that's just, those, those are dumb examples. And I do those things anyway, but it's just funny. Like she'll, she's,
1: she's trying to pull a Benjamin Linus on you. She's trying to make you think that it was your idea. Yeah. and I, it, <laughs> It's
0: funny. And she's like, yeah, okay. Can you do this? Or will you do this? And I'm like, yeah, I can.
1: <laughs> nice. Um, uh, one of the, so I guess on the last thing on that quality time, what can be hurtful uh, for that is being distracted or postponing that quality time or failure to listen actively. So if you're like, yeah, this is quality time, and you're spending with your wife, and you're kind of like scrolling Instagram at the same time, or you're trying to peek at the TV and watch the show, it's going to backfire. So that's something to watch out for. Okay.
0: Uh, so that was quality time. Um, next is acts of service. So this is really doing helpful things for your partner. This, this, um, I think this this can be. This to me was kind of sometimes it can be commingled with quality time because I think you can do acts of service with your partner as well. Um, but in this specific instance, we'll talk about, you know, an example of this is uh, your partner does a chore for you or runs a specific errand for you or um, takes care of you in some way without you asking. Um, like if... Uh, um, I don't know if if it's lunchtime and uh you know, we we have a a newborn baby um in our house and um my wife's feeding the baby she's sitting on the couch and then uh, you know I'm I'm getting uh I'm making lunch for all the other three kids and so I make lunch for them and then I'll make uh she has like a you know a shake thing for lunch and I'll, I'll make her shake and I'll go take it to her and, and you know she's very appreciative of that she's like oh thank you I didn't know you were making me lunch and she's like. Yeah, you know, acts of service. That's one thing that, that, uh, that, that my wife appreciates a lot is, um, those, those small things that really add up and they have a significant meaning.
1: Yeah. That's actually something that I really like too. I mean, my wife will make me lunch and she'll do all kinds of stuff for me, but I really appreciate like when she goes out of her way. And for me, I'm kind of like, I really like to be an efficient person. And like if I'm really working on a project or really working on something and she brings me a snack or, um, uh, or lunch. I'm like, Oh man, thank you so much for doing that. Like I really appreciate that because it's like she's supporting me what I'm trying to do. So that's a great one. Oh, uh, I guess the, the, what can be hurtful for uh, this one for someone who is to someone who likes acts of service, uh, laziness, broken commitments, uh, making more work for that person, uh, tells them that they don't matter.
0: So. Yeah. That makes complete sense. And I think going back to these things is, um, think about the specific love language. Think about whether it's physical touch, acts of service, words of affirmation, quality time. Um, how does it make you feel? If it makes you feel the most loved and and happy, then that's potentially, you know, the what what your primary love language is. So,
1: yeah. So, what's the last the one? The last here? one is here is receiving gifts. Uh, so, some people like really receiving gifts. Um, uh, typically it's something that you can hold in your hand. Uh, and it's a way to express, a hey, look, you know, this is, I'm thinking about you, I'm loving you. Uh, and it does not necessarily have to be an expensive thing, uh, just a note or or so a token of love or expression that shows you put effort, thought, and maybe even sacrifice to deliver that gift. And I think that that one is kind of closely related to words of affirmation. Um Because if you like, give a note, if you like, sometimes I'll I'll leave notes for my wife, uh, just to show, just to show that, you know, that I took time to, to write a note and and give that to her. And that's, that's kind of a mixture of both, because it's kind of like words of affirmation, but it's also kind of a gift because I took time to make something or, or make a cool note for her. Um, but like, you know, if you're giving flowers to your wife, you know, they appreciate, they might appreciate that. So, uh, I think that, uh, my wife doesn't, she would much rather I spend time with her than bring her a dozen flowers. But, uh, you know, some uh, women, you know, and or men, uh, or, or even kids or anybody else, you know, they, they might feel that, like, differently. So,
0: yeah. Oh, you, you know, you, they might feel, oh, you, you thought about me enough to go out of your way and to get something um, for me.
1: Yeah, like, I mean, like, let me get, I guess, an example from an employment standpoint is one time I was working just like I was, I was, I was on a team and I was doing a project that was supporting another team. And I really went out of my way because we were meeting with like all these different markets. So we were meeting with the heads of the China market, the, the, I think it was Singapore, uh, Mexico, and then like a couple other ones. And we were presenting uh, some currency stuff to them and some different exchange rate things. And so I was on that call presenting and this was not my normal job, and this was like, you know, I had to log on at like, 2 in the morning and do this, and uh, my boss gave me, like, a $30 gift card to just the movie theater and said, hey, you know, thank you for all your hard work. I know that you, you know, I, I really appreciate that, and I was like, man, like, he didn't have to do that, and so that, like, so I really, I did really appreciate that, even when it was a small gesture, and it was just, like, basically a one day night with my wife. I really did appreciate that in a work setting, and so sometimes it, it can be a little bit different in a work setting because I, I appreciate that a lot more than a hug, you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, even though I'm a little bit, I'm a physical touch person, but um, you know, so it, it might be a little bit different for the workplace. <laughs> yeah,
0: there's a time and a place for things, and and like you said, people have, you know, we we can kind of blur the boundaries between some of those things and you kind of multiple ones. So
1: yeah, definitely. So I, I want to share uh, before we go into what our test results were. I want to share, uh, Chapman suggests three ways to discover your own primary love language. Uh, so, one, you can go on the website. Uh, I think it's uh, the5lovelanguages.com or something like that, and you can take a quiz, yep. which is what we did. Or you can look at, um, or you can just kind of think about these questions. One, the first one is, what does your spouse do or fail to do that hurts you most deeply? The opposite of what hurts you most is probably your love language. So, that's the first one. The second one is, so if so if you if, if you're hurt most deeply by your wife insulting you, or she doesn't <laughs> like a low key diss like oh man a real man would be able to do those dishes that's <laughs> you're like oh man that hurts so bad, then you're probably over to affirmation you know <laughs> yeah okay uh, uh see what uh, what have you the next question would be what have you most often requested of your spouse. Uh. <laughs> So that that might be a little bit different. Uh, the thing you have most often requested is likely the thing that which would make you feel most loved. Well, I think that's kind of barring sexual things because you can request that all the time, but that doesn't necessarily mean that's your love language yeah. just because you want to you know, be physical, just, or whatever, yeah, be physical yeah. with your wife. Um, the next one is, in what way do you regularly express love to your spouse? Your method of expressing love may be an indication that you would also that would also, like, maybe that's your love language as well. So you're expressing the way that you feel love, but maybe that's not the way she feels love. So, uh, so, yeah.
0: Yeah, I, um, so, quick story here. Um, I was talking with a guy at work. Um, this was a couple years ago. And um, he was in his mid-20s. And he, I guess he was, uh, he, he's a, a bachelor, right? Uh, he's um, uh, a career professional. He's, um, was kind of, I guess he, we we were friends and he was talking about, or we are friends. And he was talking about dating and marriage and, and everything. Um, he's a couple years younger than, than, than I am. And we were talking about the future and he goes, well, I just, I just, you know, I feel the, the thought of settling down with just one person just scares me and I was like okay you know he's like he's like I just haven't found that perfect girl right and um it reminded me of the quote um there's a quote out there that says uh, if you found the perfect girl what makes you think that she would want to be with you
1: Right. Yeah. Maybe it, it speaks to his ego. Yeah. I mean, well,
0: well the same thing too. I mean, you, you, I think a lot of times you say, Oh, I'm looking for the perfect girl. Well, are you, am I the perfect guy for that perfect girl? If I found that perfect girl, is she going to be like, Oh, Ethan, you're the perfect guy too. And now it's just it's this match made in heaven. It's going to be forever. Right. So, and I, I told him that and he was just like, Oh uh, yeah. Okay. And, and I said, because there's no perfect situation there. There are, there are no two people that are exactly alike. Um, you can't clone yourself and marry yourself and, and and whatever else. Even if you did clone yourself, you'd have different experiences growing up, and then you'd have different potentially different love languages. And so, um, and so, I was saying that there um, in marriage and even in dating and, and getting to that point of wanting to spend your life with somebody, uh, there must be compromise. Um, yep. And he was like, "Well, yeah, okay." And it's funny because during this conversation, there was another guy in the cubicle next to us who he kind of he was our, is our friend, too. And he kind of peeked over uh, the cubicle and he goes, he goes, don't you dare tell him to compromise. He's like, he doesn't have to settle for anything. He's like, he, he should be 100 uh, percent satisfied in whatever he wants. And you're and like, He, he, he was
1: kind of joking. And you're like, I'm not saying that he's com- I'm saying that the perfect girl's compromising. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so and he, he was like,
0: uh, he was like, don't tell him to settle. And um, he was like, settling is only going to get you in trouble. And I was like, I was like, okay, first off, and we were all joking around at this point, but uh, I said, first off, settling and compromising are two completely different things. Um, and we don't have to go into that right now, but, you know, compromising is not settling. And number two, I was like, I don't think we should be taking advice from you because uh, this guy had just uh, finalized a divorce from his <laughs> wife. <laughs> and he looked at me and he was like, yeah, maybe not. I was so like, okay. Sit down. Yeah. Um <laughs> but uh in in basically compromising is um
1: So what is the okay what is the difference between compromising So compromising what, what is your thought on the difference between compromising and settling? So
0: settling um I feel like is more passive, right? Settling is just like, okay, it is what it is. It you know, I'm um, you know, I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna hope for, uh, you know, I'm never gonna hope for things to get better. You know, it's just this, I, I can't do any better. This is all I'm worth. I feel like that's settling. Compromising, I feel like is, is active. You know, you find someone and you, uh, do what you can to find their love language and, you know, attack that and, and really support them in their love language, as long as they are willing to do the same for you. Um, and that to me is is like a compromise. It's almost like a, you know, quid pro quo, you give me this, I'll give you that. And maybe that's more, maybe kind of more streamlined or business approach to it. But whenever you do it in marriage, it's more, you know, I'm going to give you this because I love you. And then the other person is going to give you something else back. Maybe it's not the same thing. Maybe it's something different because they love you. And then you both compromise and to come up to the best solution to a potential issue. That to me is what
1: or the Or maybe, maybe a different way to say it is just like choosing your battles right. I mean not everything, like you can't, you, it would be boring to be married to someone exactly like you. So, you know, being married to someone who's a little bit different and, and can, you know, give you different opinions and different thoughts and stuff like that. If, 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 if you're, if you're like always on every single thing, you're like, oh, this is, you know, I want you to do this and this, then you're just, you know. Yeah. You if my wife
0: had all the same exact weaknesses that I did, then that would be a huge gap in our life. Yeah. And, and you know, and, and so I think differences are good and differences should be celebrated. Um, because I think it brings, uh, it brings benefit to, to any relationship. So, yeah. um, but it was just a little funny story that, um, yeah, that's funny.
1: Well, I think that you're right. One, you have to compromise, but two, I think it's important to grow together yeah. and to learn together and be willing to admit when you're wrong.
0: Yeah. And I think two, um, people's love languages. So, so the love languages are again, uh, words of affirmation, acts of service, receiving gifts, quality time and physical touch so those are the five the five, uh, the five uh, love languages now I think people they kind of have their um, their love languages that, that that means most to them but I think they can change a certain amount over time um, yeah. you know if if someone it, it, let's say a, a, a girl um, her love language is physical touch, you know, but she just has a baby and she is going through a really difficult time with body and mind and everything else. She probably doesn't want to be touched. She touched that
1: baby's touching her enough, man. She does yeah, not want to be and touched.
0: and it's, like, it's just like at certain points in time. And, and, we, and then he
1: goes 100% acts of service.
0: <laughs> yeah, really. And, and so there's different times for different things that, that I think are more meaningful than others. You know, four kids later, it's just like, you know, she's had somebody hanging off of her for the past, you know, eight years, and it's just like, you know, there's a time and a place for everything. Yeah. Um, so sometimes these can change. I think... That I think mine's the, changed a little bit. Yeah, I think the roots of them might stay the same to a certain extent, but um, for me, my, my specific love languages are... Um, I, I, it was kind of a pretty even spread. I don't have the exact percentages um, down. I know, I know Jared probably does, but um, for me, it was... Uh words of affirmation and physical touch was um pretty high on the list uh for me. And then um those are just the two areas that that uh I've always been I've always felt just extremely loved when I whenever uh I am uh assisted or supported in those areas. Yeah.
1: So I, I took the quiz and it gives you like a percentage breakdown here. And I'm zero percent receiving gifts, uh seventeen percent quality time. Thirty percent physical touch, so that's I guess you could say that's my primary. But I mean, the other ones, thirty percent is not a primary. Uh, words of affirmation was twenty-seven percent, and then acts of service was was the other one. So, you know, I, yeah. I as well, you know, I, I enjoy I, I like that physical touch, but also acts of service is so important to me. I think that that's probably become more important to me now because I'm so busy. I'm doing so many things uh, that when my wife does do those acts of service, and it's such a support to me. I just appreciate that so much. And so I think that sometimes like, you know, I, and, and being an efficient person, it's like, oh, I appreciate your pats on the back and, and like you're holding my hand, but like, I need that hand to type on this keyboard. <laughs> 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 and like, so if my wife makes me, you know, just is supporting me or like, Hey, I can get you this or I can get you that. Or, you know, that's just, yeah. Sometimes, actually sometimes actually doing something. Yeah. Yeah. To help me get towards my goals and her supporting me towards my goals. And, and whatnot is really is really good. So Um, it makes me think of uh you remember the movie Moulin Rouge? Of course. Uh
0: great movie. So McGregor McGregor's w- great in that movie. Yeah. His so voice the, is awesome. The line that he um uh, that he types in his thing and that the guy kinda has in the, the play at the end. I says, The greatest thing you'll ever learn is just to love and be loved in return. Yeah. I was thought that I always thought that was great. It was just like, man, that's powerful to be able to, to love someone in the way that they need to be loved and then me to be loved in return in the way that I feel like I need to be
1: loved. Um, I think that's, that's the, that's the special sauce. It's great, man. I think that's a great, that's a great quote to end on. Uh, th- that's, that's awesome. Well, I, I think this has been great. Hopefully it's been uplifting to you guys. Uh, if not, uh, go read the book. If we haven't done justice, um, but I think we did a pretty good. Justice Listen to the today.
0: podcast first, and then go read the book. Yeah,
1: this is the Cliff Notes version, and then you can go read the book. <laughs> but uh, it, it's really good, and I, you know, I, I know that. It, I I've kind of been aware of this for some time, and I feel like it's it's worked in in my life a little bit to understand what my wife's love language is, and I encourage you to find that, guys, to go take the te- go take the quiz, have your wife take the quiz. If you're single, uh, take it and understand w- what you do, what you like, how you feel that love, and
0: and share that in a relationship. You know, it's not it's not my wife's responsibility to try to, uh, you know do all this analysis and figure out what my love language is. It'd be a lot easier if I took the test. I did, but you know, and tell her, Hey, this is, this is my love language. So then she could focus on that instead of trying to figure out what it specifically is. Um, Obviously spending time with somebody will, will, will help you to identify that better. But uh, yeah, I, I completely agree. This has been great. And hopefully it will help you and your relationships. Definitely going to help me and my relationship uh, and moving forward and identifying those specific things and focusing on those um, to, to, build our our relationships and i think that'll eventually build our creed as well
1: yep well you know thank you everybody uh if you're not like we said at the beginning if you're gonna follow us on instagram you should uh, we've started to actually uh, get our our handles across a lot of social media platforms at this point so we're we're really trying to grow the podcast and so you guys sharing uh your pot our podcast with friends or just talking word of mouth uh you know yeah. it, it just helps us uh, grow the audience and and, and get uh to know different people we've gotten to know some different people and we're gonna have some more folks on the show and we're really excited about that
0: yeah for sure uh drop us a like uh, a comment whatever else it might be a rating um just to to show us a little bit of love
1: and subscribe on uh on wherever you guys listen to podcasts because if you subscribe you actually get it sooner uh, than those who don't so uh, yeah
0: awesome okay well let's uh let's continue to do these things and build our creed together all right let's do it